Prologue. She was only a week old when she suddenly disappeared. The story of how she disappeared has been told in many different versions, with many different details and events, and spoken on many different tongues in many different languages. The version that most frequently, however, was the version closest to the truth. The story was told like this, with the exact words from a father to his only son in a little room of their home. Our kingdom, our world, used to be bright and cheery, unlike this depressing, suffering, wounded worth you see today. The time it ended, this happy age, was quite recent. happened not long ago. This happening took place nearly eight years ago, when you were only three years old. The kingdom and its people were made happy were made happy with their king and queen who ruled over them recently. They gave the people only what they needed and at rare times what they wanted. Having a sense of justice and reason, they gave the conflict punishment they deserved, rarely ending with death. They mended problems not only in their kingdoms but also in the whole country, the whole world. The king and king had such a positive impact on each living thing around them that people always says called it short term lived term the golden age but that what made the world even brighter was the small presence of a newborn baby girl a beloved princess she looked exactly like her mother having inherited her midnight black hair and deep brown eyes that were speckled gold she even had the same pale porcelain skin her mother had, and women all over the kingdom, knew she was going to be happy ha- beauty, possibly even more so than her, mo- than her mother. With her having the physical characteristics of her mother, close friends of the monarchs, predicted that she might, must have, that, predicted that she had been most like her father, who was clever, brave and true. He is full of leadership, and he was stern. Yet he had a kind, gentle heart, something he hoped his daughter would have. Advisers and servants suggested celebration, make right away. But the king of king wanted to spend a week with a baby girl before holding a grand feast in honour. They did just that. When the time of the grand celebration came, all the townspeople attended, even the forest-running elves, king, a close friend of the Nobles, father. He made time to give the child a single gift. It was a musical made of purest of gold. Elves acquired from the deep secret mines and banished with the smallest of rubies and diamonds they had acquired. The elfin king held it out in front of the baby girl, inserted a small key, the beautiful instrument. With his long, elegant fingers, he turned and released the key. Lid of the box opened and revealed two distinct dancers, the king and queen themselves. He played the song they shared, when they were a young couple in love, it was their lullaby. When all the lullaby played, the little princess watched the two figures dance with a smile on her face. Soon she fell asleep, the smoothing rhythms of the song to, to blame. The elf king gave the music box and key, necklace to the family, the free and left. A party lasted well into midnight before the guests began to take their leave, and that my boy, is when the real story begins. A large fire suddenly started in the middle of the castle, the dining room, when a celebration was being held. From the fire came a 
while crackling and crackling came forth shadows and demons they chased people out of the castle enjoying their terrified screams some of the townsfolk were injured and burns that were marked them never left never healed only caused pain some of the innocents even put to sleep only for their souls eaten by the dark shadows however scattered as they were the demons targeted the monarchs and their child the queen barely managed to escape reluctantly leaving her husband in their burning home to fight home home to fight the last that was seen of the queen was when she fled in the dark forest with a princess in arms being closely followed by a band of demons the king fled died in the fight the queen was found lifeless on the floor its floor the prince's body however was never found townspeople didn't even know how to look for her for the late rulers didn't announce the name for the for their daughter many knights tried their best to find the reason the outbreak happened but after months of investigating they found no evidence however the search for the princess drew on for five more years with no results people as salilia had broken up into the east and west and they continued to live that way and that my boy is where this story ends the son didn't say a word his onyx eyes expressionless this his dark rimmed glasses not only intensified the expression expressionless look in his eyes continued to stare blankly at his father that's not the true end of the story, is it, father? Polly finally asked. For I know it can be a new beginning, a new end of the, your sto- of our story, his father answered. So the princess is still alive, the boy asked. A small glitz of hope flashing his eyes. I don't know, my boy, but the father paused before continuing. If fate wished the princess to continue living, then we of foolish never independent. I will lie more hopeful yet use of people or find them excuses in life. in life. Can only hope that she is well and alive. He smiled as his son's eyes gleed for a literal second. Then his expression hardened. Ever in order to find an answer yourself, you have to become a knight, or rather a princess to a knight. The king boy's face looked confused, because his eyes widened in realisation. You mean I have your permission to become an apprentice? Only then you turn fifteen, legal age to become an apprentice. I would even give the apprentice guild my permission. I'll give it to them months ago. Then why didn't you tell me earlier? Why now? Well, the greatest of news, especially if it's a pleasing news, should only be told in person birthday and today happens to be your length and father smiled his son rare side expression thank you father i'm sure to make you proud you have already made me proud ken how hurry up before you've gotten well uncle eats all your birthday cake the boy dashed out of the room leaving his father smiling with his gaze apart towards the window yes we can only hope he whispered before joining his family celebration his son's 18th birthday for he's starting to wake again. Chapter 1 Long slender fingers moved as they held a... Chapter 1 Long slender fingers moved as they held a pencil gingerly, moving it lighter across the page. Brown eyes watched and observed every line of drawn trying not to overlook any mistakes. One cheek was puffed out of habit, while black hair was picked 
by the fingers of the firm breeze. She ceased her light drawing as she laid her head back against her favourite tree, under which she sat. She she could hear the cattering hooves of a horse that came down the dirt road, and a messenger she was appreciated had arrived. The announcement of the letter had been a surprise to the girl, especially when the letter was said to be addressed to her. She knew no one out of the small village where she lived. She only knew the orphanage caretaker and owner, Mortrag, and known that the letter was coming that only spelled trouble. She snapped out of her thoughts. A deep yet cheeky voice greeted her. Good morning, young lady. A tall man sat in a saddle, a brown horse's back, draped over its bags filled with envelopes and partridges. Lifting her eyes from the bulging bags, the girl looked at a poorly smiling man. Good morning, Mr. Crew, she greeted. And please stop calling me young lady, she added as she stood and approached the man. I might as well call you that, since you really are becoming a fine lady, Mr. Crew said. Well, I don't think myself as one, and don't persist. Mr. Crewe's slightly open mouth shut in a tight line. Now that's what's the bad news. Do tell, the girl said. How do you know if it, if I was about to tell you bad news or not? Mr. Crewe challenged the raven-coloured girl, wasting no time answering. You usually stall for time by creating small, meaningless conversations, like the one we just had. You moments ago, during that small period, you probably think about how to deliver the message so the impact, impact won't be so painful. You thought them word in a word before sending a simpler one. You always have been, a, you always were a sharp one. The girl slightly smiled at his comment until he pursed, while he pursed his lips, a white envelope magically appeared in his hand. Well, since I have no idea whether or not to call this letter good news, bad news, I'll read it to you. You don't mind, of course. The girl nodded in response, closed her eyes, and her hands stroked the calm horse's mane. Mr. Crewe opened the envelope with a small letter opener he had in his right jacket pocket, took out a slip of folded paper, unfolded it, and began to read, I, General Vanderbilt, of the New Knights, would like to recruit the young woman known as Kena, as an apprentice under the hand of the Major General of Division 13, Asarolo Lidrick, I wish to hear your replies answer soon. I request you be sent my letter, if you comply with this good letter, two of the Division 13's knights of Percy execute you to escort you to the knight's chamber in the palace, General Antarius Vanderbilt. Mr. Crewe followed the slip of paper and pushed it in back in the envelope. Any comment, Cutter? She, uh, he asked. Your recruitment letter? Katina, Katina, uh, 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 whispered. I'm only a little, I'm only a little, not, am I not a little young to become an apprentice? I'm not, just, not, yet fifteen. Your birthday coming out in a few months, is it not? Mr. Crewe, uh, already knowing the answer. In those few months, you'll turn fifteen, then you'll be illegal to aid to become an official apprentice. I heard stories of Major General Ludwig. The division are not only his knights, but also his apprentices. They specialise in everything, types of magic, weaponry, statistic courses. I'll go, I can go on. The general has heard about you, and for what she's heard, he knows you of her potential. 
Have you heard the, the more recent stories? Kanana asked. The requirements for becoming an apprentice are written. It's the same for becoming a knight. Most apprentices fail before they become a knight, and most knights are under so much pressure they quit their job within half a year. I am not even close to fulfilling these requirements. They're clearly one out of each. If you talk to Milgrana, she's bound to say otherwise, Miss Drew said, interrupting a doubtful ranting. If you talk to her, she is sure to convince you. She remember not many people receive a recruitment letter from Grendel Pandora herself. It's a rare opportunity for a young one like you. Kana looked at a friend of nearly ten years for a brief moment before saying, Thank you for delivering the letter letter and trying to persuade me but i'm going to need some more convincing in order to comply with that recruitment letter as actually i may have it may i have it i want to look over it kiana took the letter from a suspicious eye when mr crew handed it over with almost composed slightly nervous look at his face he quickly tipped his head and smiled i hope you make the right decision now i have another things to deliver i have to hurry i'll see you in a bit young lady even that, Mr. Crew gathered his rough leather reins and broke his horse into a canter. Can, can Anna resumed her seat by the tree, continuing her drawing as she listened to the faint thumps of cattering horses' hooves against the dirt road. When the semi ribbon faded, with nothing but disgusting dust, can Anna unfolded the letter and saw there's much more to it than what Mr. Crew had read. In fact, everything far that was supposedly part of that it was made up. However, it was still rather demanding, rather needy recruitment letter. Mr. Crow, the old uh, kind of sighed as he started reading, whispering to herself, Mr. Kana, General Artery's Ferdinand will request you hence presence of the Guild of Knights, court headquarters immediately. The General has some business that she wants to speak to you. With, I have already sent the two of my friends to call you. They will arrive in your home within three days' time. This letter has been sent. Major General did, uh, the Thirteenth Night Division, S. Anero Ludwig. Karana glanced at the bottom of the paper and saw a small message written. As a side note, you have no need to confront your guardian, Morana. Ashling about this letter, he's already given her permission to this recruitment years ago. It took all the raven's strength to to tear not to not tear the letter in the shreds. She folded it with her shaking hands, slipped in the back of its envelope. She took a dark, sneaky breath shaky breath before opening up fiery brown eyes. Marana, the woman's name echoed loudly. Kana burst through the door to an old unfinished owner's office. Unexpected loud appearance caused an innocent little bird in its cage to leap and a head of long grey hair to rise. The old woman looked at the girl with surprised look as she said, Kinda, whatever is the matter? Whatever is the 